Hello and welcome to this very special podcast episode. Usually when I have Shona on, it's an Up Close and Personal Trainer podcast, but this isn't. This no. is an ESG Fitness Commit to Six podcast, which is going to be hopefully very interesting and hopefully you will learn a lot from it as well. So we have a topic for this. We've even gone to the extent of doing some prep. Yes, for the first time ever. <laughs> Amazing, right? So one of the reasons I wanted to get shown up, well, one of the reasons I want to get shown on is she has done some research and some qualifications in this area. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it now is because obviously this is all top secret, but there's actually quite a lot of people in the Commit to Six group who are newly pregnant. <gasps> all these lockdown babies. Exactly. I do, I do feel like it's either you break up or you're pregnant. <laughs> And those nights are getting longer. (laughs) There's only more to come. So that's why we want to talk about exercise and pregnancy Mm. for this topic. And also, I guess, a little bit about diet as well. Essentially, like how to stay fit and healthy throughout your pregnancy. Absolutely. It's so important. And um, it's something that a lot of people will go through in their lives. And yeah, it's, it's also an area that a lot of people are quite confused about. Um, there's a lot of misinformation and there's also just a lot of confusion. And um, also there's not massive amount of, of research done into the area because you can't really test things out on pregnant women. Because yeah, I think the, the whole ethical <laughs> approval is, <laughs> is a really hard thing. And yeah. I like for me because I've done the research side with cancer it's actually quite similar in that Mm -hmm. we know that exercise benefits many outcomes in cancer Mm -hmm. and yet there's still this like almost pressure to do less like oh you shouldn't be doing that you're unwell or you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be doing that you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and and you're right I think part of the reason because there's data that shows that most pregnant women don't meet physical activity guidelines and part of the reason for that is the confusion around the recommendations the fear of causing harm the guilt of potentially causing harm yeah um so we really want to talk about uh the benefits and the fact that there isn't so i've just looked up some stats here like there is no uh risk of premature birth low birth weight or fetal distress with exercise obviously done in the correct manner which we will talk about Mm -hmm. Um, but an inactive or unhealthy pregnancy can lead to excessive weight gain gestational diabetes cesarean section lower back pain incontinence and being physically active during pregnancy can reduce all of these outcomes like reduce the risk of these outcomes yeah absolutely and but one thing I should say as well is that just because you do exercise throughout pregnancy doesn't guarantee a particular type of birth. So don't think that just because you're going to like exercise and eat healthily and lift weights and be strong, that you're going to have like a perfect birth because the birth can depend on so many factors. And again, a lot of it that we'll keep coming back to is like this whole guilt thing that we carry as women. And we think that we are not doing something right, but there can be so, so, so many factors out with your control. Um, Just things like the way that your body is made, like the shape of your pelvis, your genetics, 
Um, I imagine that if I have a baby, it's going to be awful because I have really slim hips. Do you have little narrow hips? Yeah, I basically just have the physique of a prepubescent boy. (laughs) So... I don't I don't think it's going to go very well but as Shane is saying like you can do in that big long torso for a baby oh yeah plenty of room in there this won't be able to get it out that's the problem (laughs) um yeah as Shane is saying like you can do everything right yeah and it it still have a really tough birth so it's not like that but equally you're I think what's really reassuring is like okay I am doing everything I can absolutely it might be tough but at least I know that I've done all I can yeah exactly exactly and then also there's like the benefits not just for your baby but also for you your mental health benefits um like your cardiovascular benefits like all these things a lot of the questions because we Emma put a Q&A out and a lot of the questions that we had were like questions about your body after pregnancy and like getting back to a particular type of fitness and exercising throughout your pregnancy is also going to help with that as well. Um, but pregnancy is just one, one temporary part of your life and you've got your whole life to get back to being an absolute machine and mm-hmm. smashing all the weights. And yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's a really important part as well. Like you can still stay active, stay healthy, but really the goal is always going to change from whatever it was before you got pregnant to my primary goal now is mm-hmm. a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. And supporting that. And it's the okay. same with we like we get a lot of people who have maybe just had a baby and they're still breastfeeding. They're like, right, I really like I really want to have my life back and my body back and like I really want to do this now and I want it back now. And you still have to sort of research, like, okay, well, at the moment, the priority is still like breast milk quality. So mm-hmm. we can't diet you really hard, nor would we want to at this stage. Yeah. And let's be real, like your your whole life has probably shifted and your priorities will have shifted too. Like what's more important, it, you know, you probably won't get that much sleep mm-hmm. and it's going to be more about exercise benefiting your life than it is about your own personal goals at at that time I imagine absolutely can I just tell you a quite interesting fact just when you were saying about exercise having um, positive effects on the quality of breast milk do you know that too much lactic acid can actually change the taste of breast milk so quite often like if people have like a session where they're like maybe like get quite a lot of like um like doing a big leg session or something then their baby is quite fussy afterwards it's because there's too much lactic acid. Wow. Isn't that quite interesting? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like how lactic acid would get into breast milk, but I guess. Is it not just like sort of moving? Yeah, but it's circulating the- in your blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Another interesting thing about breast milk is that exercise during pregnancy and while breastfeeding increases a compound known as 3SL, which which reduces the baby's lifelong risk of health problems like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and obesity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Awesome. Awesome. Should we go through some of the questions? Because like, I just yeah. think this would be a really good way to structure this. Yeah, I actually, before we start, just because before we came on, we were talking about how 
like we're going to be obviously very pro-exercise but there's also this horrible guilt around women who are like oh but I'm like if you're having a really hard pregnancy and you feel sick all the time and it's you can't exercise Mm. there's always that like we don't ever want to make someone feel like because they're not exercising they aren't doing the best for their child you know so I think it's quite a hard line to cross but I just wanted to say that yeah because and you might also be um I've heard of some situations where people have been really fit and active and then like maybe halfway through the pregnancy or in the later stages um for whatever medical reason a doctor's told them to stop all sort of at any intensity activity and that can be really difficult for people especially when that's like a massive part of your identity if you think I'm a fit person I'm a person that exercises every day and then you're told to not do that and that can be really difficult Um, and adding in feeling guilty is going to make that situation even worse so it would be a case of just really looking after yourself and finding other ways to keep your brain active yeah I I remember talking to Sarah Holden about this because she she was like slated online for exercising throughout her whole pregnancy but like I mean probably I mean way above the guidelines but I think to some extent it's like your own choice a bit I guess if she obviously felt good doing that and was up to her but for other people to then like judge you tell you what you're doing is awful for your baby like it's so relative because Sarah Holden is she's a personal trainer. The elite. She's like not just a personal trainer, she's like very, very athletic. Does she not have some sort of like athletic background as well? She'd yeah, I training. think she was like a gymnast or swimmer. Yeah. yeah but so what trains like insane one of the fittest people I know. And yeah. so I know quite also, a lot of fit people. Yeah, I know. So also there's she was probably taking the intensity down but her intensity at that lower level was still way higher than most people's Mm -hmm. and if you think about like a professional athlete like Jessica Ennis uh, I was reading about her earlier because she's got two children and actually after her first child she said that she felt way fitter and stronger than she's ever felt in her entire life and but her a um, lot of athletes say that that they yep. have this and I always thought oh it's probably just the pain threshold <laughs> like I think I've been too. through birth yeah. so <laughs> an 800 meters isn't that bad <laughs> yeah I don't know if it's that but also just like I think there's like an empowerment and strength of like being a mum as well like mm. that's something amazing you've achieved and I yeah. often try and like encourage clients to just appreciate the amazing things not only their body has done but like you have done like you have created a human being and you're bringing them up in the world and supporting them like that's absolutely amazing and then to compare it to like they'll then say things like I just can't lose weight or like I just won't be able to do it I know I won't be able to do that I'm like look at what you have achieved like yes you absolutely can lose weight like it's way like within your ability because look at the other things that you've achieved in your life yeah I do think on the other hand though um uh I think if you are a fitness professional and you've got like a big Instagram and you're pregnant and and doing all this stuff you should always preface it by just reminding people that look guys I'm really really fit I'm a big deal (laughs) kind of a big deal um because I remember um there was some crossfitter 
that um, I was following and she was heavily pregnant. I think she was maybe like seven months. So she'd be in her third trimester and she was doing butterfly pull-ups. And generally you're- oh, I you're saw t- that. You're generally told to avoid any sort of kipping pull-up um, past really the second trimester. And she's putting videos of herself doing like insane- movements and I just think that's really irresponsible because she would have a super strong core and that would like probably keep everything nice and like tight in there but most people wouldn't be able to do that and I just think that that's quite irresponsible to share that sort of stuff on social media without context I think what is what is really interesting that you were talking about Jessica Ennis as well is that so some of the changes that happen during pregnancy are are performance beneficial like yeah. performance enhancing and I wonder if they go completely back to normal before so for example I looked this up in a textbook but blood volume increases by 30 percent plasma volume by 45 percent red blood cell volume by 20 to 30 percent now remember that all these things like that's blood doping that's the same as blood do- that's the same effect you get from either going up to altitude or blood doping which is essentially what Lance Armstrong was doing and wh- mm-hmm. what he got caught for Cardiac output up by 40%, stroke volume up by 30%, heart rate 10% decrease, systolic blood pressure decrease, um, diastolic blood pressure. You get um, a release of a hormone called relaxin. That uh, So what relaxin does is like prepares all your lower body joints for giving birth. So like your pelvis, and it all sort of like relaxes and allows a baby to come out. But that all happens quite early on. So apparently there was, um, there's this thing called abortion doping. Yeah, where... they used to do it in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably not say this in a like public podcast in case no, we No, get... I've actually spoken about it on the podcast before, would you believe it or not? Because well, I found you... it really interesting. I'm but still alive. I, um, like, I, I think we looked at it at uni for some reason. Uh-huh. But it is interesting. Like, yeah, so people used to get pregnant before the Olympics because within the first trimester you're right like your body is preparing for all of this yeah Mm -hmm. so all this happens before it really needs to happen like obviously your performance isn't going to increase when you're carrying like a a half a baby no but before that happens your body makes these changes in order to so that your body can cope with that Mm -hmm. and at that point your performance does increase yeah. But then, then it's weighing it up with like, what if you've got really bad morning sickness? Yeah. Also, like you kind of want to be careful in the first trimester. First trimesters, um, like people always feel like a kind of a relief once they get to the second trimester because then the the chance of miscarriage like decreases. But I don't um, know if they were worried about that, given why. No, they no, no, they, were, they wouldn't be worried about that at all. But obviously, if you are worried about that, and yeah. chances are you will be listening to this podcast, then you don't want to be thinking that your first trimester is the time to get pbs lift as heavy as you can you want to start getting into better habits or um in terms of your nutrition and training rather than thinking i'm gonna beast it and use all this high blood volume to my advantage so maybe thinking about things like improving your posture which is a really boring thing to think about so let's not worry about that um improving your technique um you know just things like that so that when you come out you're you can lift heavier and strong and heavier weights because like you've got better technique mm-hmm. uh, things like that so yeah should we go through the questions let's go through the questions yeah. we actually had one more that i don't know was in there 
but right. I'll chuck it in at the end. Cool. Um, so the first one, I actually think that you would probably know more about this than me. Also, had- sorry, before we start, the priority ones are the ones that I put, I just pasted in, they're from clients. Oh, are they right? Okay. Should we go for them ones, first? Not that they're not important, but the other ones are from Instagram. They are. And I liked how the first one was just, you're fit. <laughs> not a question, more a statement. Quit. And it was a girl, did you message her back? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you're fit. You're fit. <laughs> not a pregnancy-related question, but you're fit. <laughs> anyway right okay so um thoughts on taking creatine while pregnant um so I was just thinking like like you'll know so much more about this than me but creatine has like really positive effects for any adult human anyway so like um like think about muscle mass and and strength so I mean it would make sense to to have it in your pregnancy as well and I think there is actual benefits to having it in um, the second and third trimester and particularly for high-risk pregnancies um, and premature babies. Yep, I would continue with... I think everything is like almost heightened. It's like your nutrition becomes that much a little bit more important. Mm. And I mean, I think people forget that creatine is found in a a quote-unquote normal balanced diet anyway. Yeah. Yeah, It's just that most of us don't get enough in especially if you know especially if you're vegetarian vegan where you're really not going to get any sources of this in your diet or not any potent sources so yeah yeah particularly as well if like one of your concerns is losing muscle um that would be a really good one to have um okay next one was uh Oh my God, calories during pregnancy and thoughts on training, please. But there was like lots of questions on this, wasn't there? Um, oh, okay. Like- so I looked up some calories during pregnancy stuff. Um, and I think most people have accepted now that like being pregnant doesn't mean eating for two. Or no. it, well, I mean, it does. But, but remember like that the second person time. is like <laughs> for a lot of that time <laughs> probably doesn't need that much. So yeah. there was a study that looked at so I think a sort of average weight gain is about twelve kilograms. Um, and the study showed that during tr- trimester one you need about ninety extra kilograms a day. Uh, sorry, ninety extra calories a day, right. which I mean, it's not That's great, is it? And then trimester two is about 280. And then in trimester three, it's about 450. And then when you're breastfeeding again, it still stays quite elevated, close to 450. Yeah. Yeah, that was another question about breastfeeding. Like about, is it true that you would need 500 extra calories? It does sound like a lot, but of course, like you're, you're making your baby's only like um, source of nutrition and you and don't want to like it's quite calorie dense because like mm-hmm. well one look how fast babies grow two yeah. that's all they consume three mm-hmm. they stick up half of it like <laughs> <laughs> this it is like calorie dense and you might be thinking yeah. well yeah but it, like you have to consume the calories to produce that calorie dense substance yeah 
absolutely so, yeah um yeah uh, but there's like lots of things like especially in your first trimester like you don't um like you it says 90 extra calories but first trimester is not really the time to be like thinking about weight loss um I mean none of pregnancy is <laughs> no definitely not um I would personally um think about findings like maybe maybe maintenance calories or maybe just try not to track and take this the, like use this time to start to build really good habits um so yeah, and I think realistically a lot of the time it's about what you can stomach as well mm. like there's all this oh I'm worried I'm not getting this this and this in and it's like okay what are you having oh well I've been really sick in the mornings and then all I can eat is toast and it's like well okay at the moment like if that is really all you can eat obviously try and get some fruit and veg and things yeah. but you kind of have to work with how you're feeling yeah as well like there's yeah so it's something my sister did so she really suffered with um morning sickness it's called morning sickness but you just get it all day really sometimes some people and also morning sickness is kind of a good thing because it reduces your chance of miscarriage as well it means you're less likely to miscarry yeah why because you're getting like a real big surge of hormones um oh okay that's what that's what's causing the sickness is this like bigger surge in hormones yeah and then also um I don't know how true this is. This is something that I've been told, but if you have morning sickness, you're less likely to suffer from postnatal depression as well. So, I mean... And would that be a hormone thing as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I'm just thinking, like, if there was a big change in hormones causing Mm -hmm. a lot of sickness, then you would expect, like, the big change in hormones after, no? Which would probably... Yeah, you definitely get a big change in hormones afterwards as well. But that, yeah. like, I would have assumed that that contributes quite largely to postnatal depression. Oh, I have no idea. There's so many things that would contribute to it. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, some of it is situational. Yeah. But I, and given that we know how linked um, estrogen is to serotonin receptors in the brain, I would have thought, like, a bigger either surge or drop would have a big effect there. Mm. Again, this was just something my mum told me. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. You know, when you're like, yeah, well, <laughs> if you feel like shit now, hopefully that means you have less chance of... I know. Just hold Let's on to that. It. Let's hold go with on. it. I don't think that that will cause any harm, that fact yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, something that she did. So, in your first trimester, you might um need to go to the toilet more during the night so what she did was like when she came back from the toilet she'd have like a little pack of ginger biscuits so ginger is a really good one as well alleviate sickness um so she'd eat one ginger biscuit and then go back to sleep and so that meant that when she woke up first thing in the morning her stomach wasn't completely empty because um what you tend to find is that when you get hungry that's when you feel nauseous so don't yeah. let and that's a bit vicious isn't it because like, oh, I don't want to eat because I feel sick but also I feel sick because I've not eaten yeah so like things that are quite bland in flavor so like um like a ginger biscuit or dry toast or like it's not bland no I suppose it's not okay like dry toast um an oat cake a rice cake that sort of thing um things that don't really have a strong smell really really cold things because sometimes hot food can make you feel like a bit queasy 
Um, yeah. Things that don't aren't like spicy or overly, like just have a strong odor. Um, yeah, cause you're kind of having to work with, there's lots of challenges to eating. There's like cravings as well. And you kind of have to honor those cravings because I mean, your body's designed to want the thing that it needs. So if you're craving something to an extent, sometimes I have an issue with this, like with this, when people are like, Oh yeah, my body was just craving chocolates. I think it (laughs) needed the antioxidants in the chocolate. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah, because your body knows. Like, is it also that you just wanted some chocolate or like you smell fish and chips and you're like, I feel like my body's telling me <laughs> I need those fish and chips. Um, but no, I do get it to an extent because often it is like you'll crave something salty and it probably does mean that you need yeah. something with some salt in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, okay, next. But point. do you remember those um memes that went around and it was like craving chocolate? Oh no, what you actually want is two almonds because you <laughs> like magnesium in them or whatever the hell it was. You're like, oh right, yeah. No, I really want some chocolate. craving this. Mm, no, what you want is spinach because you're low in iron. <laughs> okay. Maybe some fruit in that. It's a compromise. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so um can you still lift heavy weights when pregnant or should you drop the weight down? Good question. I personally think like it's all relative to the person. So what feels like a heavy weight to one person? Um, so if you were like an Olympic weightlifter, um, you could lift 100 kilos when you were not pregnant, then maybe 50 kilos is dead easy for you when you're pregnant, then 50 kilos might just be completely like one rep max for you. So it kind of depends on um, what you did before. But the general rule is if you think about like your effort scale as a effort one to 10, so 10 is like feeling a bit dizzy, like we've all ex- we'll probably have all exercised at a level 10. So like you're like, can't speak, you're like, whoa, that was so tough. That's like really super high intensity. So maybe like the highest intensity you should go is like a seven or eight. So that's still quite high. And to be honest- That is still people, high. And yeah. then what's interesting is like a 10 for one person is like a six for another person, depending yeah. on how much you push yourself. Yeah. Um, but I guess that is kind of relative as well. And I think with, especially more with like, strenuous endurance exercise you wouldn't want your heart rate going above about 90 percent of your max heart rate mm. just because that would reduce blood flow to your uterus and yeah the only thing is about heart rate or if you're using like a fitbit or a heart rate tracker your your resting heart rate does go up a lot um from the start of pregnancy so you can't really use that as a monitor you kind of have to use like how you feel what you it goes I mean? up from the start yeah because that's not what this textbook says <laughs> it says it goes down 10 percent, <laughs> which makes sense with the stroke volume and stuff but mm-hmm. maybe it then goes up again maybe that's like the physiological adaptations that are happening pre which okay that does make sense yeah ignore yeah. me but basically mm-hmm. your body's getting ready for this baby which means that you're increasing stroke volume and stuff but before you have actually really anything there mm-hmm. yeah then your your heart rate probably would go down and then it'll mm-hmm. go back up I guess one thing I should say about lifting heavy weights is 
from the very start, you should be avoiding the Valsalva manoeuvre. So the Valsalva manoeuvre is, I'll see if I can make the noise. <laughs> so um, I find a lot of men do the, that. Well, I think, I bet Andy was doing that because didn't he have a hernia? Did he? Yeah, Andy had a hernia and he had like, um, did he not put a video in the Commit to Six group recently about pelvic floor exercises? Oh yeah, he loves a bit of pelvic floor. Well, that's great. Everyone should love a bit of pelvic floor. So the Valsalva manoeuvre, if you do it right now, you can even feel that it pushes down on your pelvic floor. So you don't really want to do anything that's like bearing down. Um, and like could potentially weaken your pelvic floor um, so-, so I think I noticed this because I mean I'm sitting down and everything like my back's really quite a lot better mm-hmm. but if I sneeze no still like still really painful like really or sneezing yeah I think it's right. anything that is that like full contraction <laughs> <laughs> well is it not like intra-abdominal pressure yeah yeah uh, that's interesting okay can I just say something about sneezing totally unrelated to pregnancy see when someone else sneezes what do you say bless you right what do you say when you sneeze nothing nothing <laughs> I'm not gonna bless myself I would say bless bless me <laughs> Sometimes I would say, excuse me, if it was like a rude sneeze in the middle of someone's conversation. But you don't say pardon either, because Paul always says pardon. I'm like, you don't need to say pardon when you sneeze, because it's it's like something that you can't control. And also, I was listening to the EIQ Nutrition podcast all day, and Amelia like held in her sneeze. Oh my that, gosh, she does. It's so cute. That, it is very cute, but it really upsets me, like, I just think that that's probably doing some sort of damage to your brain. I love when people just let the sneeze out, just like let it go. I don't know because like my dad is like the loudest sneeze. Like it's as if he's like, (laughs) like summoning something. And then like, and I'm like, there is absolutely no need for that. Like not even a little bit. Does it frighten everyone in the house? Yeah, like it's so <laughs> unnecessary. I'm like, and it's strange because like he's not a drama queen at all. <laughs> like the real opposite of anything like that. But then like whenever he sneezes, it's like. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although probably in these times, it's not recommended to let your sneeze out everywhere. Yeah. You should probably like. Keep that in your mask. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, back to. Back to pregnancy. The matter at hand. Um, so we mentioned uh, the heavyweights and the Valsalva manoeuvre. So yeah, um, and as as well, and this is kind of yogi, and some people will hate this. Um, when you're lifting weights, you should inhale with the eccentric and exhale with the concentric, and that's not something that comes naturally to most people. Like what what we'll do is the Valsalva manoeuvre to get ourselves back up. So as soon as you can't do that anymore, it's a uh, exhaling on the eccentric that's when you know that you've gone too heavy and that's a good way to measure it as well yeah 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 um okay so um I think the other thing to remember as well when people are like oh god you don't want to be doing exercise when you're pregnant you should be sitting at home you should be blah 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 like if we look at like from an evolutionary standpoint 
women were probably walking around doing a load of crap like chasing things living in a cave <laughs> whatever until literally the minute they gave birth yeah mm-hmm. so and we haven't evolved that much like mm. you aren't I don't know you're not like really sick or really unwell you don't need to be like completely cuddled for no reason and and yeah. like and actually as we've seen from the research like that can have negatives if you just become completely inactive and mm-hmm. I think the point you made as well about like the mum's mental health is so important and if you are someone like obviously I'm thinking about the clients and commit to six at the moment who are all very active exercise a lot it it would be really it would really be hard for them to sit for even six months like even if it was this like the second two trimesters like it would just be impossible yeah. and also a hugely negative effect on them yeah which is- but they also probably need to work they probably need to do housework they probably they might actually already have a child that they need to run after and look after and then they might have commitments family commitments and so it, it's just not really possible for no. people to like sit about all day my um, mum had to sit for like I think like almost a month because I don't know what I was doing something about potentially just bleeding out or something but she was like in the hospital just sitting for like a month oh that's a shame obviously it's worth so it. worth it it was so worth it because I mean look at you now um there was a I think there was another thing I wanted to see oh yeah see if you are um there's like some functional reasons to train as well so things like um your boobs are going to get heavier and to compensate for that you really want to start doing like lots of upper back training so that you don't um slouch forward so you don't get back pain from your boobs being bigger so that's another really good one so you might want to focus on that and second of all you would also want to make sure that your posterior chain is really strong so glutes people love doing glutes don't they so get your glutes and because if you have weak glutes then puts your pelvis out of joint uh, out of uh, sync and then you're going to get lower back pain and then also one of the questions that we got asked was about core exercises because this is one where people just have no idea generally about what you're meant to do there is a lot of misinformation though some people are like don't do anything and others are like you have to do everything yeah well you want to have a strong core as well because like as your abdomen increases in size you want to be able to support it and your core obviously goes all the way around the back um, so yeah that's really important to get your core exercises in and is there any core exercises you should and should not do okay so let's go through it then so okay let's break let's it, do it down so, if you think about the movements of the spine flexion bending forward extension bending back lateral flexion and rotation so that's all different ab exercises that we can do and what i would tend to recommend for most people is doing movements that <laughs> did you hear that my dog just sneezed really loud. bless you um, bless, bless you um so you want to be doing things that resist each of these movements so for example resisting flexion is um avoiding rounding of the lower back so maybe doing some really slow mountain climbers where the the flexion comes from the hip or like on the Roman chair, some knee raises where the flexion again comes from the hips so we're not bending the lower back. Um, 
anti-extension so avoiding bending your back some really strong planks but the thing about planks is and, and there is a kind of um debate about isometric exercises and holding exercises for a long time so I mean it depends on the person so maybe holding planks for a short period of time or one that I have been adding in I've got a client who's pregnant just now and she's super strong and fit so we've been holding a plank but then traveling horizontally in the plank which is really challenging and she loves it um, anti-lateral flexion so holding side plank or maybe doing like some leg lifts in a side plank and then finally anti-rotation so you love this I'm think a pal-off press love it love it everyone loves a pal-off press they're great because it also works your shoulders as well and um, so there are tons of core exercises that you and can do and by the way doing. if you're doing that exercise and you're like this I don't even feel it you're doing it wrong <laughs> it is a really tough exercise and basically all I would say is step away from the resistance and mm. then try it again and also yeah. make sure that your hands aren't getting like pulled into the resistance like you're keeping a straight line but we yeah. can put up some videos of some of these as well anyway yeah we'll definitely will um again uh with a lot of these I think a lot of people would benefit from getting a personal trainer um, so that someone can make sure that you're doing them correctly, watch you, get the technique right. And then also think about the, because I mean, these are all anti um, or resisting the movement. And you technically could maybe in the first trimester do like crunches or sit-ups, but then think about the risk to reward ratio of these Even exercises. if you're not pregnant, think about the risk to reward <laughs> ratio of doing setups. Like, yeah. Do you not like setups? Are they bad for your back? Personally, I don't. But also, just like, I don't know. I just don't think they're that good an exercise. I don't. For some reason, I don't mind a frog setup. With your is that with your knees wide and your feet together? Yeah, I don't know yeah. why that feels sort of like it's doing a bit more, but. Mm-hmm. I just think there's better core exercises you could be doing mm-hmm. um, and people just tend to go all out on, oh, I'm going to do 200 crunches and 200 setups or whatever. And you just think there's no need. But actually, one good point you made there, many good points, but one I wanted to highlight was the importance of having a personal trainer. And I spoke to yeah. Amelia about this this morning because I think it's so... And I actually just got a message from Portia who was like, I'm sick. So she was about to leave Commit to Six because she um, was going to be bed bound for a while. And I was like, this might be actually the time where you need a bit of bit more support and a bit more accountability. And I know that that was true for me. Like, it would be very easy to be like, I'm having back surgery. It's going to cancel everything. When actually that was the time I needed the most accountability and support to get to make sure. And also sometimes to make sure I wasn't doing too much. Mm. you know instead of and at the moment I've got three clients who have had COVID and I think they've got this sort of long COVID thing where they're now struggling with chronic fatigue or they were they're actually a little bit better now all of them um but what most of what we were doing was me being like no no you're not going to be doing five sessions a week like last week you were so fatigued you're going to do two and we're going to see how you feel and we're going to ease you in and it's going to be shorter sessions and we're really going to listen to your body. And and I know from my perspective as well, like it's often, especially if you're used to doing a lot, 
someone being like not only is it okay for you to be doing less but that is actually the best thing for you right now Mm. but you I mean I think it's the same you always second guess your own judgment because you're like oh am I being lazy or should I be doing more or should I be doing less where it's just like no no (laughs) give us that responsibility like give us that stress we will tell you how much to do we will obviously monitor and adapt it with you but it's Mm. taking that like judgment away from yourself kind of similar on the other end of the spectrum to if you're doing like prep for a bodybuilding show and you'll always be like oh I need to cut carbs now because I look completely different it's like your coach needs to just be like be realistic and and I think like when you become especially with hormones flying around as well like you're probably going to be quite drained one day and we know how much hormones can affect mood Mm. and I think there's still this misconception that's like oh if it's your hormones it's not like it's not real like those feelings are so real I even know from just like being grumpy the week before my period like doesn't matter that there's a reason behind it in fact it kind of helps that there's a reason behind it Mm -hmm. but those feelings are still real yeah And, and and especially with um I think Amelia spoke about this the other day actually the research behind your body image around your cycle and how it fluctuates with your hormones even if your body composition hasn't changed at all even if your weight doesn't change it's how you see yourself actually changes which is crazy but obviously even more stuff is going on with pregnancy and realistically your body is changing and it will change and that's part of the process we want it to change Mm -hmm. but your own perception of yourself and your mental health and how you feel in your body is still very important obviously absolutely absolutely yeah I think just having a a, one thing that I loved about when when I was having check-ins with you is just it felt like therapy it felt like I could um share stuff with you that I couldn't share with anyone else and that's another great point our great part of having a personal trainer is that there's so many things going on with pregnancy especially if they are pre and postnatal trained they will be able to talk you through tell you things that you might not completely expect but are completely normal um, and just support you in it and it would be brilliant and as, as well as a personal trainer and something that I also wanted to talk about because this is another question and it was about pelvic floor exercises someone actually asked can you do pelvic floor exercises when pregnant yes <laughs> and you absolutely should from the moment that you find out that you're pregnant you should start doing them and there is an app called squeezy and it's nhs app it costs two pounds 99 but it's the best two pounds 99 that everyone should spend because guys it's like- if you're on commit to six i will buy the app for you <laughs> wow i know That's big so spender nice. here what <laughs> yeah um, and it gives you notifications, it gives you a little plan. And then the great thing about pelvic floor exercises is no one needs to know you're doing them. So you could be having a conversation with someone, actually kind of want to concentrate, but you could be like sat next to someone and doing them and they don't even know. Um, and also uh, there is more and more um, pelvic floor physios. Uh, I find just in the world now, I didn't think there was as many maybe like 10 years ago, but there's loads now. Get yourself an appointment with one, even so that you can just check that you're doing your pelvic floor exercises properly, you're breathing properly, you're um, using your core properly. And then post baby, they can give you a plan 
for any sort of like treatment or healing of anything that you would need. So yeah, getting a personal trainer and getting um, a pelvic floor physio, maybe just for one or two appointments, highly recommended. Yeah, and I, you, I mean, great point again about it being a bit like therapy with a personal trainer, but more to the, like, even just on a more, like a lower level than that, it's someone who's completely on your side, impartial, and just wants the best for you. And I think that like that that is so simple, but it's so important. Like, even if you're like, yeah, but I've got friends and family, but there's always a bit of like not ulterior motive, but like if you're talking to your mum about it or she's got experience with this and she wants this for you and blah, blah, blah. Whereas your personal trainer literally just wants what's yeah. best for you as an individual, not how that then affects other people in your life and mm-hmm absolutely chances are if your mum's anything like mine she told me she would say to my sister you need to stop lifting weights yeah exactly so they don't really know what they're talking about <laughs> no um, you know back when I was pregnant we did this this yeah. and this and it's like yeah well, things have moved on since then yeah my mum loves telling the story she's like I almost lost you picking up a bag of potatoes and like yeah well I imagine your technique was fucking shocking and also you didn't ever pick up bags of potatoes anyway so yeah yeah <laughs> um what other we, questions do we have what other questions were there like let me have a look uh is it possible to maintain your strength throughout pregnancy or is it inevitable that you will get a bit weaker and we will rebuild the muscle after and if you do get weaker is this the hormonal effect or because generally people train less intensely um or less often or both so pregnancy is absolutely you should just think maintenance maintenance don't think about setting PBs. Don't think about like going to max effort. Um, in the first trimester, especially building muscle and building strength. Yeah, I actually think you probably could. It depends on what sort of level you are. Say you you didn't exercise at all and you decided that you wanted to start exercising when you were pregnant, then yeah, you could get stronger. Mm-hmm. But if you're already like very, very athletic and... Um, yeah that now is not the time to be like getting like building muscle um if you're already yeah. like quite a muscular person and I think like just taking a broader stance like look at it like yeah. you really have the rest of your life to build muscle if you want so true yeah and it's just keep thinking about them. just keep thinking about all these athletes that um are mothers and pb win gold medals still excel in their sport it's not the end so not the end just because you're getting pregnant having a baby like you you have the rest of your life to get back to it so maybe just reframe your thinking when it comes to pregnancy um yeah and and I think like we've kind of touched on this but like Mm -hmm. definitely don't be comparing yourself to some fitness model that got pregnant and then two days later looked like she hadn't had a baby like it can happen and that does happen with some women and I mean I see it all the time with a lot of my friends who not only are they fitness models and extremely active but they're also quite young mums or they were quite young mums and that's not going to be the same for everyone no so no. don't yeah try not to compare yourself to that or when people are like oh look two days after giving birth I'm back doing burpees again and which is probably really silly because just because someone 
looks because like you can doesn't mean you should you don't know that their pelvic floor might be an absolute mess they might just piss themselves as soon as they stop filming their video for instagram also like not just like on the outside you're deep in internal core muscles need a lot of time to heal and recover so like it, it's just personally silly to be doing things um really before six weeks after you're after you um give birth in my opinion and in most people's opinions agreed and it's like I mean it's similar to like surgery I guess I'm just changing it to something that I've just experienced but like it, it's just because I could potentially do something it's stupid what's the like you there yeah I just don't see why you would like you kind of just have to like grow up and have a little bit of patience and be like yeah. okay I need to spend my body has been through something and it needs to recover yeah. totally absolutely and it is again so different like person by person because two huge crossfitters like that everyone I've heard of Camille LeBlanc Bazini and Annie Thoris daughter have both had babies and these these women are like the fittest in the world um and Annie Thoris daughter had quite a difficult birth I'm sure if you go on her Instagram, you'll be able to read more about it. And then Camille LeBlanc Bazinet, she had a really premature baby. So it doesn't mean just because you're like an athlete, you're going to have like an amazing birth and then everything's going to be great. It, it You just kind of have well, to take I, it as it comes. I also think quite the opposite, as in if you're someone who is very inactive, we've spoken about the increased risks mm-hmm. of certain things with that. If you're someone who is like ridiculously active, mm-hmm. like going way beyond then there's there's increased risk of that as well yes, like, course, yeah. and it's the same like inside and outside of pregnancy like mm-hmm. it won't be sedentary but yeah. also like marathon runners have loads of joint problems loads yeah, of injury risks like so it's, it's not like the epitome of health like any elite sport yeah is by definition pushing a little bit too far if you yeah. if you were looking at health it's middle ground mm if you're looking at pushing the limits of your performance obviously like health is not your primary goal there yeah yeah you're so right and 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 equally you hear about women who do absolutely fuck all and have an amazing birth as well so yeah (laughs) (laughs) bitch (laughs) no sending you love and light um and then the next question was this one's a good one any ideas how to get protein and veg in when feeling so sick would be great um and then they had two more questions which we've already answered uh yeah how to get veg and protein in when feeling so sick so yeah um any ideas well, on that, just leave some gingerbread biscuits on your pillow <laughs> every time you turn over no i think like we kind of have covered this that yeah try it's going to be a bit of trial and error like I can't tell you what's going to make you feel sick and what's not going to make you feel sick but just I guess just anything that does have protein in that -hmm. doesn't make you feel sick Mm -hmm. that would be great even if it's like a gingerbread protein bar Uh uh-huh yeah uh soup find a way to make some sort of like chickeny soup or ham soup or something because soup tends to go down quite well but Um, chicken soup makes me feel sick Okay, and you're not pregnant. (laughs) Not even, well, who knows? Um, Yogurt would be a really good one. So your farie, your um, Greek yogurt. Fage. Fage. Skier. 
I saw um, something the other day that reminded me of you. It was like Vag, Vagular, Vag of Honor. That's what it was. I don't know why it made me think of you. It was like Vag of Honor. It was a little pin badge that said Vag of Honor. And I was like, oh, that makes me think of Emma. I well, don't know I'm glad that when you think of vaginas, you think of me. Yeah, but also like giving you a Vag of Honor, like, because you deserve it. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Another tip, smell a lemon. It's like a little palate cleanser. Smell a lemon and then try something <laughs> that would work. Smell the lemon. Smell the lemon. Huh. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought they smell like very much. Lemon? Yeah, it's like a it's like a fresh scent that mm. would like cleanse your nose. Yeah, but sometimes the smell of lemon, or maybe that's fake lemon, but you know, and it's like, oh, it smells like the toilet. Oh, okay. Like a freshly sliced piece of lemon. Okay. Smell a freshly sliced. Don't slices. smell your bleach in the toilet. That's not gonna help. Oh, see, bleach I can get behind. I enjoy that smell. Go on, Emma. Do you like the smell of petrol? I love the smell of petrol. I think I used to, but now it reminds me of being really seasick. I think. Oh really? I always like when I'm putting petrol in the car, get a little bit in my fingers accidentally, so that I can smell it. You're. A f- absolute weirdo <laughs> always like you know you sit ooh. <laughs> spraying petrol all over the petrol <laughs> anyway let me see is there any more questions but it's quarter two and I think that you might need to end but um, I think we literally just scratched the surface there's so much more yeah that we there's so about. much but I think because the clients right now are all in the very early stages of pregnancy. And Is that, I'm actually so excited that there's going to be mm-hmm. like four, potentially five little commit to six babies. And how many of them are going to call them Emma? Uh, well, I, if people don't call them Emma, then I'm just going to be very upset. Yeah, of course. Is Emma's not really a name people use anymore, is it? It needs to come back because it's a great name. It's just like, you know, reliable Sturdy, Beautiful. sturdy, <laughs> sturdy name. Common. <laughs> anyway, well, that was fun. And as uh, these clients' pregnancies progress, we can always do another one. Yes, as we move through the trimesters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully people found that useful, and hopefully, yeah. even if you're not pregnant, you were like, "Oh, didn't know that." Yeah, quite useful. Have an amazing day, everyone. Goodbye.